OTB Sports Rugby. Everyone in the world thinks Ireland should win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you pick the combined side, who'd get in from Wales? Jeez, I don't, no, no one, I don't think. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. Off the ball, daily. Welcome back to Sunday's Off the Ball. If you missed any of Brent Pope breaking down the first two games in the Six Nations, you can pick up that podcast in the OTB Rugby stream, which includes all the reaction from yesterday in Cardiff, including former Ireland centre Gordon Darcy and the reaction of the Ireland head coach Andy Farrell and captain Johnny Sexton after Ireland's 24-point win. It is time for us to look at the new round ahead of our two live games. Uh, coming up at 2 o'clock, we've got Nottingham Forest against Leeds and then Spurs against Man City at half past four. I'd like to say Amory Donnellan and Aidan Delaney with me. How are you getting on, guys? Not too Hi, bad. Man. I'm really think understandably we're starting with the Premier League it all looks pretty interesting now after Arsenal's defeat in the title race and we got Forrest against Leeds to kick the day off Yeah after Arsenal slipped up yesterday Manchester City have the opportunity to narrow the gap at the top of the table to just two points although they will have played a game more remember as well those two sides have to play each other twice so they could be season defining games Pep Guardiola's side go to Tottenham in the main game of the day today though that's at half past four should Harry Kane score for the home side he will become their all time leading goal scorer before that though strugglers leads are away to Nottingham Forest with kickoff at the City Ground fast approaching at two o'clock ahead of this Jesse Marsh's side are 17th in the table and only sit above the relegation zone on goal difference the hosts meanwhile go into the game 14th and haven't been beaten in the league since December Nathan's on commentary for this Nathan I didn't realise that stat they haven't been beaten in the league since December. Where did their under-the-radar run come from? Signing more players. It's <laughs> the Nottingham Forest way, isn't it? It's uh, remarkable what Steve Cooper has done, heading for 30 players signed since they got promotion last summer. And it's been another busy week for Nottingham Forest. They brought in Gustavo Scarpa, Danilo, Chris Wood, Felipe, John Joe Shelby, Andre Ayew, and maybe the headline signing, Kaylor Navas, three-time Champions League winner with Real Madrid, on loan from Paris Saint-Germain for the remainder of the season. If anything sums up the spending power of the Premier League right now, it's probably what Nottingham Forest have done. Uh, Forest coming into this game, three points clear of the relegation zone, two defeats in ten, unbeaten in their last six at home, covered them a few times in the last month or so, physically a very very strong side and they seem to have finally settled into a formation and a system that suits them and they're getting the results to match as well it'll be interesting if the addition of another half a dozen players during the week unsettles things or if it just gives them that bit of strength in depth and what has been a probably a bad weekend you'd have to say for these two sides so far Leeds are only above the relegation zone on goal difference we've seen Leicester win Wolves win West Ham get a good point away at Newcastle and of course that victory for Everton all those sides in and around these two teams among the half dozen or so who are scrapping it out to avoid relegation so it means this is already a bit of a six pointer if Forest can win this they go six points clear of the relegation zone a victory for Leeds would put them above Nottingham Forest the problem for Leeds this season is that away from home they have massively struggled Uh, only Bournemouth have a worse record away from home just five points not taking at their chances they have gone and they've spent over the transfer window as well so they'd be hoping that that investment sees them fine and maybe they can ease some of the pressure on Jesse Marsh at the last time that Leeds beat Nottingham Forest in the top flight a young John Giles was playing in the middle of midfield for Leeds United all the way back in 1971 Uh, so there's a bit of history to be made for these Leeds players today Uh, the team news 
Kaylor Navas comes straight in to the Nottingham Forest team. As I say, Dean Henderson's going to be out for several months, so Navas will make that place his own, you would expect. And Nico Williams at right back, Scott McKenna and Willie Bolly in the centre of defence, and Renal Nodi at left back. In midfield, then Danilo starts as well, another new signing alongside Remo Freuler and Oriol Mangala. And Brennan Johnson, who scored twice in their last victory here at the city ground against Leicester, he will play alongside Morgan Gibbs-White just in behind Chris Wood who is on loan from Newcastle United and for Leeds well they've made six changes from the side to beat Accrington in the cup last time out Elam Melier in goal it's pretty much a brand new back four Luke Ayling Liam Cooper Max Vober and Pascal Stroik at the back Tyler Adams and Mark Roca in midfield Lewis Sinistera and Wilfried Nonto uh, alongside Jack Harrison just behind Patrick Bamford Jack Harrison was at Leicester ready to sign for Leicester and Leeds decided last minute actually you're a valuable member of our squad have a brand new contract please come back and he's done just that you feel if Leeds are to survive this season they need to keep Harrison they need to keep Bamford fit particularly with the news this week that Rodrigo who's been their star man 10 goals in the league so far this season for Rodrigo he's going to be out for a couple of months through injury we'll see today how big an impact that one has I have a feeling this one is going to be a decent game Many thanks to Nathan Murphy. Back over to Nathan and Vinnie Perth in plenty of time ahead of kickoff at the city ground at 2pm. The other killer stat, lads, because he stole my John Giles on, which <laughs> yeah. I was about to use, is that Leeds against Nottingham Forest in the English top flight, Leeds have never beaten Nottingham Forest in the English top flight without Don Revy either being a player or the manager for Leeds. Oh yeah, I'd forgotten he was a player there as well. Mm. Yeah. So 1971 obviously helps that stat a little bit as mm-hmm. well, but there you go. Um, very rare that Leeds win away from home against Nottingham Forest in the league. Uh, Women's Super League action underway as well, Amory? Yeah, and it is scoreless between Manchester United and Everton. 83 minutes on the clock there, that being the day's early game. Meanwhile, Chelsea lead Tottenham 2-1 in London. That's just approaching the 55-minute mark. So should these two results stay like this, Chelsea will return to the top of the table. Two points clear of Manchester United. At two o'clock, Liverpool host Reading and then this evening, West Ham faced London neighbours Arsenal in the Scottish Premiership meanwhile Celtic lead St Johnston three goals to one that's in the last 10 minutes of normal time so should this result stay like this and Postacoglu's side will once again go nine points clear of Rangers at the top of the table all right. Uh, meanwhile, we've been talking about uh, the rugby in quite a bit of detail. We'll talk about the uh, fixture coming up in a little bit. But in boxing, we got the confirmation which we were expecting, Amory, overnight that Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano uh, will be taking place in Dublin. But that's the only detail we got. Yeah, a rematch between Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano will take place in Dublin in May. Bray native Taylor, who's the undisputed lightweight champion, won the last clash between the pair on a points decision at Madison Square Garden. That was in April of last year. Serrano set up the rematch by beating Erica Cruz in New York last night to unify all the belts in the featherweight division. Speaking after last night's fight, Taylor's promoter Eddie Hearn says this summer shouldn't be the last time Time that Katie fights in Ireland. Can't wait. I, I mean, it's, it just sounds weird saying that, you know, Katie Taylor will be making a debut in Ireland. Uh, should have happened a long time ago, but I'm just so happy that it has. I think this will be a big run of fights for Katie Taylor in Ireland now. And fair play to Amanda Serrano. You know, Katie come to New York and now Amanda will be coming to Ireland. Yes, yeah, so it looks like we will have this fight in May, whether it be in the Three Arena or wherever it is and then possibly September or going forward even more than a few times. 
I don't know, Aidan, if September will happen. And I think in a way this almost creates the 20th of May as a bit of an anticlimax, this idea that, oh, well, look, if uh, Serana Taylor 2 goes well, let's talk about Crow Park at the tail end of the summer, have it in September. Uh, a trilogy fight only really works if the second fight is really good and mm. usually if they're split one apiece and it goes to a rubber match. If Taylor was to win in the three arena, assuming that the three arena becomes the venue on the 20th of May, I don't see why he would do it a third time. I think you have to factor in what Amanda Serrano's camp wants from all of this as well. That's kind of been the, the missing Money. voice. <laughs> yeah, it's been the missing voice from all of this. But I, I don't think she would be interested in just having a, another fight for having the sake of another fight. Obviously, she wants the money and she wants to to make herself financially secure, come near the end of her own career as well. But like you say, I think a trilogy fight probably wouldn't interest her unless there's you know the chance to you know if she wins that second fight, there is that anti climax aspect of it. If she does come to Dublin, takes that fight away. Do people want to see a third fight then? You know, it's it's still really up in the air. But is the trilogy not inevitable if the demand is unbelievable for the May fight, if it is the three arena? Say that sells out in a couple of minutes or so, then Eddie Hearn knows the possibility to sell out 80,000 is there. Because we don't actually know if it would sell out 80,000, but you'd have a fair idea by the demand for the May fight I think that's what's happening here. Mm. 9,000, 9, 80,000 is still very, very different. Yeah, no, it mm. is massively different, but you'd have a, a huge, more of an insight into the demand after one sells out. Mm. I'm not I so sure. I think that's what's going on. I think he's worried that he won't sell 80,000. So this is kind of testing the waters yeah, scene. I, look, I think that's a reasonable concern. I think if this is purely down to financials, Aidan, you wouldn't be dropping this down to a 9,000 venue from mm. potentially 80,000. If Eddie Hearn genuinely believed that he was going to sell enough tickets and if it meant that the security was to cost half a million, which is the talk around you know Conor McGregor potentially getting involved in all this, which I didn't expect that to become part of the sag on Friday night. <laughs> but, but here we are after his DMs back and forth with Eddie Hearn over the last 24 hours. But if it's half a million that's holding it up, and it's not a case of Eddie Hearn hoping to get a few million from the government in support for it to happen at Croke Park. If it's only 500,000, I don't know why you would move a potential card that might sell out Croke Park to a much, much smaller venue. Yeah, absolutely. I think it'll be interesting to see if the likes of Sky and, and other kind of broadcasters really cotton onto this fight because you have to be able to sell a fight as well. And, and it'll be now the zone, though. That's, that's where the yeah. zone. That's where the zone actually hurts this a bit. I think yeah. if Katie Taylor and Matroom were still involved with Sky right now, yes, yeah. I don't think you need Anthony Joshua in a card. I think Katie Taylor is enough to sell a card within Ireland, but it has to be marketed properly. It has to be. This is the Katie Taylor homecoming. This is the only time the Katie Taylor is going to fight at Croke Park. And so therefore you need to stump up and pay for the tickets. I think 20 the May was going to be difficult anyway because of the Champions Cup final, because of lack of capacity, because of 100 million reasons why that date doesn't actually work out. But if this had been set for September, Serrano versus Taylor 2, with a six month lead in, those tickets would have went, I think, reasonably quickly. Yeah, I agree. 80,000 of them. Yeah, I think 80,000 will sell. I think the, the pricing structure matters in that I think you will sell 80,000 tickets in the 70 to 80 euro range, which is where the fight is likely to go for. What's going to be difficult is to sell the tickets that go at the higher end, which bring in the massive profit for Matrim. So those corporates, the people who are going to be close to the ring, who are willing to spend the best part of 1,000 euro or 2,000 euro. It would be a decision for a lot of Irish families, though. That's a lot harder than when people might say, I would move heaven and earth to go and watch Katie Taylor fight in Crow Park. When you realise that a hotel room in Dublin is likely to cross €400 and there's probably going to be no public transport for a card that finishes early in the morning because of the time the zone would want the fight to be on, then it starts to become a little bit more complicated than someone saying, yeah, I would be straight away at Crow Park. This might be my only chance to see Katie Taylor in Ireland. 
But also that once in a lifetime disappears a little bit if it's in the three arenas. So I don't know. I, I think the fact they've left it open with Dublin on the posters and Dublin being mentioned as the only venue last night means I think we're still going to be talking about Crow Park over the next few weeks as well. Um, in the rugby, Emery, we're going to see the defending champions in action today. Yeah, France get their Six Nations campaign underway. The final game of the first round is at three o'clock. It's at the Stadio Olimpico. That's, as you say, the holders of France take on Italy. Busy day as well in GAA terms. All-Ireland champions Kerry have welcomed Monaghan to Fitzgerald Stadium. That's in Division 1 of the Alliance National Football League. It is Kerry who lead their six points to five, 18 minutes on the clock. Meanwhile, in 10 minutes time, Galway entertain the early table toppers Roscommon. That's at Pierce Stadium. Tyrone and Donegal is at Healy Park. And then at half past three this afternoon, Armagh host Mayo. Armagh go into that game off the back of their win over Monaghan last weekend while Mayo drew with Galway in Castle Bar. In Division 2 then, Colm O'Rourke's first home game in charge of Meath sees Clare make the trip to Port Talchin. That game underway at 2 o'clock. At the same time, Kildare and Cork is in Newbridge and Derry are in RD to face loud. Then an hour later, Limerick welcome Dublin to the Gaelic grounds. There's hurling as well in Division 1. There is a 2 o'clock start at Cusick Park. That's as Clare host Westmeath. Half an hour later, Dublin and Waterford is at Fraher Field. Currently at half time, Offaly lead down 10 points to 7. That's in Division 2. While in Division 1 of the Lidl Ladies National Football League, Waterford welcome Mayo to Dungarvan. There is also a 2 o'clock start there. Okay, in the golf, Potter Carrington, uh, very much on the senior tour now at this stage, but uh, tipping along nicely with his final round today. He shot a one under par final round of 71 in the UAE at the Ross Al Hyman Championship. That saw him finish up eight under for the tournament. Nine shots of the eventual winner, Daniel Gavins of England. Tom McKibben finished up on six under par all round. Meanwhile, Seamus Power is one over par through 14 holes of his third round at the AT&T Pro-Am at Pebble Beach. Play had to be suspended overnight due to strong winds in California. California that will resume this afternoon. Power is currently six under all round and that leaves him in a tie for 18th. Just six shots off the lead though. All right. And in racing? Yeah, big day at Leopardstown. The feature on the second day of the Dublin Racing Festival is the Grade 1 Irish Champion Hurdle. Three-time winner Honeysuckle will look to get back to winning ways and indeed to equal Isterbrack's record of four wins in the race. That one goes to post at 10 past three. There is an eight-race card taking place at the moment. The 10 past one first race has finished finished up and it was an Elizabeth Doyle trained Ballybon Belter who has won that after going off at a starting price of a 16 to 1. Willie Mullins's Historique Racon was second with Paul Townend on board going off at a starting price there of 15 to 2 and Bantown Girl trained by Stephen Carey came in third 11 to 1 the starting price there. All right, we're heading off to Forest and Leeds in a moment. In before we do, 
Wexford, Walsh Cup final, you're very hopeful. I'd say at half time, even against Galway last night, you're thinking, it might go too bad. And then second half, Wexford were shooting from all sorts of positions, but not between the posts. Well, I, I'm telling you, I think I've seen that game maybe six or seven times over the last three or four years. Wexford, you know, getting themselves into a good start, throwing themselves about a bit, uh, keeping within touch of a, a much more fancied opponent. And then coming into the second half, legs started to get tired. You know, we've seen an awful lot of these players for the last six, seven years wearing that Wexford jersey the, the status of the players on the bench not coming on not really having that effect uh, some ill discipline coming in you know free taker having an absolute ball down in Wexford Park and Wexford end up six, seven, eight points down it's a game I've seen plenty of times and the wide shooting is something that drives me crazy I, I would love to meet the stats man I'd love to see what they're working from because they seem to be taking shots from inside their own half out in the sideline these low percentage shots and everything just seems to be trying to go through these one or two players and when you have Conor McDonald inside it's the thing Wexford fans have been screaming out for for the last few years go to Conor McDonald please yeah. just put the ball in go away by comparison give it to Conor Whelan let him yep. win his own ball uh, it was and interesting it, it does work mm-hmm. and then last night Cork uh, showed they've got a little bit about their forward line mm-hmm. whether it be Patrick Horgan particularly who scored 10 points last night two very well taken goals during the game and Cork coming back from a position where they look beaten at half time down by double scores to beat Limerick uh, the All-Ireland champions which, and what uh, did you make of the Keen Healy boo- or Keen Lynch booing I think Hegarty was getting booed um, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I'm not sure if yes. now look two of the best hurlers out there mm-hmm. don't boo either of them no. but um, I reserve the right to fans to boo who they like but it, it felt a bit weird because I think Marty was waiting for that great moment on the commentary when uh, Lynch is coming out I was like Keane Lynch is back baby and the next thing there's a few Ooh. boos you're like <laughs> uh, this isn't what we expected mm-hmm. uh, but I think the boos may well have been for Hegarty going off at the Possibly. same time Possibly. Hegarty had a hell of a first half I don't think Limerick could be too concerned about the defeat but uh, decent games hurling down at Porky Cueve last evening we will be back of course all our football coverage thanks to Sky watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. OTB Sports Rugby. Everyone in the world thinks Ireland should win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you pick the combined side, who'd get in from Wales? Jeez, I don't, not a no one, I don't think. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now.